What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor, hit the like button for me. Tonight, we are ready, ready for the preseason. We really are. Uh, it's on Saturday, Jacksonville Jaguars game, and there's a lot to discuss. You know, over the entire offseason, there's some topics that I feel like you cannot help it. You need to circle back to them little by little. We've gone through roster projections. We've gone through the battles. We've already talked about Hunter Lipke. We've already talked about other undrafted free agents in training camp. We've been going through some of the standouts every single practice. So you're, you're just bound to repeat yourself. But when there is a football game a few days removed from the show, I think you can get away with it. So tonight we might we might uh, touch on some topics that we have already had in the in the past, but this is gonna be players to watch, undrafted free agent rookies in the preseason starting on Saturday. So we might we might circle back to some topics. I, I ask you to humor me tonight. It's gonna be especially different, though. However. When we get into the verses, because we're going to get into some of these players. Again, the three rookies that went undrafted most likely to make the team. But we're going to get into specifically who are they fighting and who do they need to beat in order to end up getting a spot on the roster. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the show. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We've got Tani over on Facebook. We've got Joey Vela, Jameson. Scott William over at YouTube. Thank you, sir. Double R, Dwayne, Jameson. Who else do we have here? Uh, Mark, Aaron, Colin, Charlene, Evans. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. So let's get it started. But before we, before we get into it right away, let me know. Who is the one undrafted rookie or who is your one underdog? Heck, don't even make it an undrafted rookie if you don't want to. But who is one underdog that you are rooting for in this preseason? Let me know in the chat. And while you do that, let me get started with the number one undrafted free agent that, in my opinion, has the likeliest path to the 53-man roster. Not necessarily my favorite UDFA, although he might be, but the guy that I think has the most likely shot at it. And actually, before I mention him, I do have some numbers for you. Since 2014, 16 undrafted free agents have made the Cowboys' initial 53-man roster. Think about that. 16 since 2014. To give you an idea, that is the fourth most in the NFL in that span. So if we're talking about the Cowboys' scouting department, you need to give them some props in that particular area. And we know that they have been pretty good drafting too. Last night was a reminder of that for those of you who watched the Johnny Football documentary because maybe you thought back to those days where, you know, back to that day specifically where Zach Martin was about to get picked and some people wondered, is it going to be Johnny Manziel in that card? And maybe Jerry Jones wondered about that himself, but Stephen Jones was not having, maybe, maybe. Uh, but anyways, 
16 undrafted free agents since 2014, which is actually that very same year, which is funny. And last year alone, three of them made it because you have Peyton Hendershot make the team and play a significant role on the team too. You had Dennis Houston, not the same. Maybe he didn't have that significant role throughout the entire season, right? But he did make the team. And then Marquise Bell, who played on special teams, but he made the team and he's looking to make the team again in 2023. That's why I went with the number three, by the way, why I wanted to touch on three undrafted free agents who could make the team. Uh, I'm going to tell you my number one guy, and then we can get to some of your comments and some of your interesting answers already there in the chat. I got to go with Hunter Lipke. I do think that Hunter Lipke is the top guy that could end up making the team, and we'll get into his problem and who he's battling. You can get the idea now looking at the screen. But the reason why I believe that Hunter Liebke can end up making it and why, to me, he has the best odds to end up making it is the fact that he would fit very well with what the Cowboys want to do offensively, probably, if Mike McCarthy wants that fullback that he's always had on his previous offenses. The Cowboys maybe have not had that type of a player in recent years, but we know that McCarthy likes them, and we know that the way that he ran his offense back in his Green Bay days, he could use somebody like Hunter Lipke. So the fit is there. We also know how the Cowboys feel about him because they did give him $200,000 when they signed him, plus a very hefty signing bonus. And Hunter Lipke was in the top 10 of the highest paid undrafted free agents this year alone in the entire NFL. So top 10 player, they gave him the back. That tells you something about how they feel. Earl Bostic was also in a similar situation, the offensive lineman, but probably he's going to take a little bit more time just based on what we've heard. And according to those in training camp, and I will cite specifically Dallas Cowboys staff writer Nick Harris, he's been getting the reps in camp. He has been getting plenty of looks out there in Oxnard. So you can see that the Cowboys like Lipke that they're giving him playing time. They're giving him the reps. He has the fit. In my opinion, Lipke can make this team. And we'll talk about his problem, his big problem, right after we, I read some of your comments to my question, you know, who are you rooting for? And I'm looking forward to seeing your answers. Let's see what you guys have to say here. Lance actually went with Hunter Lipke, which I love. Uh, Mark Aaron and Dwayne Brown with back-to-back answers about Jalen Brooks, the seventh-round wide receiver. And it's a pretty funny situation because when he was just drafted in the seventh round, I think it will always happen with seven-rounders. Like, you pretty much dismiss them right away. And he, since he's a seven-round draft pick and the Cowboys had, you know, nationally a, a nationally recognized undrafted free agent class with plenty of wide receivers, you kind of assumed immediately, okay, Brooks's path to the roster is not easy at all. There was even one comment from the scouting director of the Cowboys that said, oh, we drafted Brooks because we thought it was going to be harder to get him, but all of these UDFAs are right there with them. So it's difficult to draw that line and really figure out how better the draft pick is than the undrafted. But in this case, Brooks 
you guys are right. He's been making a lot of noise in Oxnard recently, and you can see him earning that roster spot. Uh, so that's a good player to be rooting for. And Colin says, if I'm sticking with UDFAs, give me Jalen Moreno Cropper. Draft picks, though, give me Eric Scott Jr. Uh, that's a good answer as well because it's a deep group right there. Let's see who else here. Uh, shout out to Jameson who's joining, uh, who has joined the show since earlier. I hope that you are okay, sir. I read on, on, on a comment from the corner of my eye. Uh, I don't know if I read it correctly, but I hope that you are okay, sir. Uh, any news on Martin yet, Mo? No, Katharina. No news on the sack Martin front. I don't think we'll have news uh, pretty much until the start of the regular season. That's just me speculating a little bit here. Hopefully, he doesn't miss a step. He has all of my trust. I, I, I'm not going to bet against Sack Martin whenever he does come back. Uh, so those are some of your answers. Let me tell you, though, pretty quickly here, what is Hunter Lipke's problem as he tries to fight for a spot on the 53-man roster? It's got to be Sean McKeon. It really has to be. Because, yes, he's a running back slash fullback in the case of Hunter Lipke. Why would he be fighting a, a tight end? We have covered this by now here on primetime, but this is the type of role that Sean McKeon could also be looking at. You know, forget about the fullback label or the tight end label. These two players are looking at an H-back type role, which is this kind of hybrid between a tight end and a fullback who will be blocking, who will be catching footballs, and we know that Sean McKeon, with his profile of a tight end, might be a little bit better on the pass-catching department than Lipke, but Lipke could probably be the better blocker. However, the Cowboys know McKeon a little bit better. He's been on the offense. He's been on the team for a while now, and he's also getting those reps in camp. And, man, is he making some good blocks out there. And, actually, I have a clip for you right now. This is a Deuce Vaughn attempt uh, that clip is from John Mishota from The Athletic. I, I'm 99% sure. I want to try to make sure while I play the clip because I really don't want to mess it up because I want to credit uh, the people who are taking these videos correctly. But this is a Deuce Vaughn attempt, volume alert, because it's a clip from practice, so it might be a little bit loud. And I like to give you guys a trigger warning. But Deuce Vaughn on the carry, watch out for the fullback or the guy lined up as a fullback. That is Sean McKeon. Watch him make that key block that springs Deuce Vaughn free. Here we go. One, two, and three. He takes on Jaron Kears as if it was the easiest thing in the world. You got to love it. That does feel like that. That does seem like it was um, John Mashota from The Athletic with the clip. You got to appreciate what he is putting into it. And I do believe, and a little bit later on the show, we're going to look at the full tight end depth chart. I fully believe that this is the versus that they are both looking at. Hunter Liebke needs to beat out Sean McKeon, and Sean McKeon needs to beat out Hunter Liebke to make the team. And I, for one, I'm excited to see how that plays out. Because I'm a Hunter Liebke fan, but I also know that, you know, the Cowboys are going to be considering staying put with, with Sean McKeon. Or maybe they carry the four of them, but maybe that doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, we'll get more 
into the depth chart in a little bit, though. Before we do that, let's talk about undrafted rookie number two with the highest chance of making the team. Lo and behold, a tight end. So we're staying on a similar kind of conversation here. John Stephens. John Stephens has been one of the biggest surprises in camp. And everyone is raving about him. John Stephens, a former wide receiver in college. If you go into the Cowboys website and you look up their roster, he is still listed as a wideout. And man, at six foot five, he is the, ta- the tallest pass catcher on the roster right now. He is right around the Luke's Kuhn maker range, six foot five, but he's a little bit taller if you go into the details. And Stephens is interesting because he is obviously, as a former wide receiver, more of a pass catcher. And that those are the looks that he is getting out there. Uh, Patrick Walker, no C, had this tweet recently. I think it was from Monday's practice where he pointed out out of four offensive sets, Stephens lined up outside on two of them. So just like on defense, we see these hybrid type players. Can John Stephens be a little bit of that? And can he be a red zone weapon thanks to his massive size and this natural approach to pass catching? And I've got a clip for you, too. You know that I like to incorporate some clips here and there. John Stephens running a corner route, going up in the end zone, going up to get the football in epic fashion. And this this was a scary sighting, in my opinion. Let's roll the clip. This is from John Mishota from The Athletic. One, two, and three, volume alert. Loud practice clip coming your way. Here we go. Ooh-wee. That was not a corner route. My bad. I had confused it with another clip. Uh, That was more like a wheel route from what I saw right there in the clip. But look at him going up. There's also another clip where he is bidding out Kelvin Joseph with speed you know, on, on what seems like a crossing route. John Stephens is out there killing it. And the one question I think is, do the Cowboys find a way to fit him into the 53-man roster? Good players oftentimes find a way, but it's also a numbers game. It's also a numbers game where you have this big restraint, and that is the big old number 53. In my opinion, as, as opposed to Hunter Lipke and McKeon, the guy that John Stephens is trying to beat is probably Peyton Hendershot, who is also more of a pass catcher than a blocker himself. And you look at the looks that Hendershot is getting in practice, and they are more alike the reps that Stephens is also getting. So then you get into this big, complicated conversation of who gets the upper hand here. Because Hendershot looked nice as a rookie, and he did get a lot of playing time for an undrafted free agent in 2022. So he's got the coaching staff's love in that sense. And I will not make you wait any longer for this. But this is how I look at it, at least. You're, you're likely to keep four tight ends and a fullback if you do keep Lipke. So I broke the rules a little bit here, and I didn't list Lipke with the running backs. I listed it in a 
one group with the tight ends, fullbacks, and essentially that H-back role. And in my opinion, you can keep four right here. That's what the Cowboys are looking at. Ferguson and Schoonmaker, and I know that Hendershot is also listed in green, but ignore that. Ferguson and Schoonmaker are absolute locks. You know, the one asterisk just denotes a rookie. Two asterisks denotes undrafted rookies. Ferguson, Schoonmaker, locks. And then in my opinion, you've got Hendershot, McKeon, and Lipke in the next tier. And then Stephens, who is rising into that upper tier as well, in the, into that second tier, excuse me. Princeton Fant, who I was very excited about when he was signed by the Cowboys, but doesn't sound like he's been generating a lot of buzz in camp. And then Seth Green, I don't think he will enter this conversation with the rest of the guys. And, and I think that Princeton Fant and Green are out. So, man, after Ferguson and Schoonmaker, I don't think that anything is a given. I really don't. Not even Hendershot. In my opinion, you probably want either Hendershot or Stephens in that receiver type tight end role, and you want McKeon or Lipke in that H back type role. So who do you keep? That is complicated. That is complicated. So here, here's a question. Here, here's how I will frame the question for y'all in the chat. You've got Ferguson's Kuhnmaker as locks, and then you've got Hendershot, McKeon, Lipke, and Stephens. Out of those four, from Hendershot down to Stephens, who are you keeping? Who is making your 53-man roster in that area? Let me know in the chat. I want to get your thoughts here. Again, I would be looking at keeping one of the two on both areas. I want one H back and I want one more veteran player. Uh, excuse me, not, not veteran, more receiving player. Sorry. So let me know in the chat. And I agree with the Wayne, by the way. Preseason is going to make or break some of these guys. And I hate to say it, but I say it almost every show. Injuries happen, guys. This looks like a clean, clean roster right now, but there's going to be injuries. And I'm talking about injury reserve type injuries, pup injuries. There's going to be a little bit of everything coming up in the next few weeks. And it's going to make some of the decisions easier, but a lot of, uh, uh, but obviously a lot uh, harder and, and at the same time in a different way. Like you're going to lose good players, but some of the cuts are going to answer themselves. John says Lipke, Catherine says Hendershot. Let's see, let's see. You, you, you need to keep two of them, though. I mean, I'm guessing two, because I'm going to assume that they're going to keep four guys. I will say this, Hendershot getting a lot of votes, Lipke as well. Eliasar says, my room would be Schoonmaker and Ferguson, the locks, and then also Hendershot and McKeon. Lipke, Ferguson, and Hendershot, says Cam. Hendershot for Ines. Uh, let's see here. Nikki says, dude from North Dakota State, do nothing, man. God damn, says Nikki. Oh, man. He went after Trey Lance and Carson Wentz, and they didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> Shout out to Nikki. That was awesome. Katharina says, and Lipke. There you go. Here's 
my way too early guess. And here's how I would probably set up my roster right now. I would probably keep Ferguson and Schoonmaker, duh. Give me Hendershot over Stevens. Give me Hunter Liebke over Sean McKeon. I just feel like I can give Liebke the football near the goal line. And I might be able to give Liebke the football in short yardage situations. And I might trust him a little bit better than I would McKeon. So I'm going to, those are going to be my four. Ferguson, Schoonmaker, Hendershot. And then I'm sorry, I'm going to cut Sean McKeon, even though he's doing a good job out there. Give me Hunter Liebke. I just want the extra versatility on that room. But I'll tell you something. These next three weeks are still very, very difficult to figure out. So it's going to be pretty fun to see how it all shakes out because Stephens, Stephens can make the team. He, the way that he's been playing in camp, he, he could very well make the team, man. And that is the, the dark horse that maybe we weren't super aware of entering camp. I don't think that any of us was like, hey, watch out for Stevens. And, you know, sure, there are some cool plays that he made over at Louisiana, but he also didn't produce a lot. So if you watch the tape, you're not going to find a lot. And that's what made it also very challenging to figure out what type of a player he was. But so far, we've seen him go up in the air and bring that football down. We've seen him generate separation with horizontal speed. We've seen him do cool stuff on offense as a pass catcher. And that is that is sometimes enough to get you on a roster. So we'll see. Anyways, one more, one more guy that could end up making the, the roster as an undrafted free agent, in my opinion. And this will round out my top three. So Hunter Lipke, the fullback. John Stephens, the tight end. And then at number three, give me Isaiah Land, the edge rusher out of Florida A&M. Dan Quinn admitted earlier in the offseason, back in phase three, that he had discovered Land since he was scouting Marquise Bell last year. So there's some love there from Dan Quinn with Land, and you can see why. He's the Dan Quinn type player with the speed, with the explosiveness, with the versatility. I don't think we've heard a whole lot from Land out of training camp, which makes this a blurrier player to know how they feel about him. Land could be one bet that the Cowboys make at the defensive line. The challenge, though, is that where does he fit? You're going back to the same type of conversation that we just had about the tight ends. You're probably carrying four, uh, I mean, excuse me, 12 defensive linemen. That's probably your max, honestly. I don't think you're going over 12 defensive linemen. And yes, I'm counting Michael Parsons as an edge rusher. I'm not going to count him as an off-ball linebacker, obviously. So in this case, I have it broken, uh, broken down, broken down, excuse me, into defensive tackles or interior defensive linemen. And yes, Bilyami Fehoko, I'm not entirely sure where to put him, if I'm being totally honest with you. I'm putting Micah as an edge rusher. You know that Oza, Masi, Gallimore, and Hankins are not going to be playing at all on the outside. I mean, and Quinton Bohana the same if he makes it. But you're probably carrying, what, like six and six maybe? 
Viliame Fehoko is making the roster because he was a fourth-round pick, and the Cowboys are not going to have him not make it. I don't think so. Just the way that they have done things in the past. And Lawrence, Williams, Armstrong, and Fowler. Armstrong and Fowler are not going anywhere. They're not. They're just not. And Sam Williams obviously isn't either. So you've got yourself five edge rushers who are locked into your team. Do you carry a sixth one when maybe Fehoku is also more of a defensive end? Man, it's tough. Or does Gallimore become the roster cut? Right? Like if Goldson and Oza, and Oza being the starter, obviously, are your starting three techniques. Not starting. Your top two three techniques. And Masi and Hankins are your no-stack goals. And then maybe you think that Fehoko can play inside as well. Do you feel comfortable moving on from Gallimore and keeping Isaiah Land? Uh, it's going to be tough for him. But I'm going with Land as my number three on this list because he does sound like a very good player and, and, and he looks like a very good player. And it sounds like the Cowboys really, really like him. Fowler is problematic now, says Cam. And I'm guessing, Cam, correct me if I'm wrong, that you're talking about the flags. And yes, he is, but he's also pretty good. He's a great guy to come in as a rotational piece and really make some damage with those fresh legs. So I think that he's making it. Yeah. Dominic says, you think that Isaac Alarcon is going to make the team? I don't think that he's making the 53-man roster. I think that he could make the practice squad, depending on how real the comments from Dan Quinn really are, because he did praise him a lot recently, and he talked about how he's very unique as an athlete, how he brings an explosiveness to the table as an athlete that they want to tap into. But he did say that it's going to take some time for his instincts. So I don't see Alarcon making the 53 at all. At all. Uh, I would say practice squad is what Isaac is aiming at. And honestly, and, and I hate that some people kind of don't realize it, but if he does make the practice squad, it's a huge W for the sack. You're talking about switching from offense to defense in the NFL and showing your coaches enough for them to want to keep you on board and develop you. That is a massive win if it happens. So I'm not, I'm not dismissing the practice squad at all here for Isaac, but man, it would be awesome if he makes the, the practice squad because it also would be very different from prior years where he couldn't be elevated to the game day roster because he was an international player. He is no longer an international player. So he does take up one of the 90, 90 roster spots that the Cowboys have right now in the offseason. And he would take one of the 16 practice squad spots when, when the season starts. Because as you guys know, last year, you had 16 players in the practice squad plus Alarcon, right? So, yeah, I think he's a guy that could stick around if the Cowboys really believe that there's something there that they could tap into with one more year. And he's obviously facing an uphill battle. Like, the, the, the storyline says it all, right? They didn't want to try him out at offensive line anymore. And Dan Quinn said, hey, Give me that guy. I'm going to work with him a little bit here. Isaac has been preparing with Brandon Tucker, who is the same private coach that prepares Osa, that prepares Neville and some other Cowboys players. 
I think Sam Williams as well, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, we had a show where I played some clips from Brandon Tucker talking to me about Isaac, and it was a pretty good show in my opinion. And I had the full interview over at ADC Sports in case you want to check it out. It's called Coach Explains Why Cowboys Isaac Alarcon Can Be Daunting Odds. If you are interested in that, uh, make sure you check it out on adcsports.com slash Dallas. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that rounds out my top three. Give me Hunter Lipke, John Stephens, and Isaiah Land as the three most likely undrafted free agents to make the team. My honorable mention, and I want to say this, has to be Earl Bostic. Because similarly to Hunter Lipke, Earl Bostic got paid. He also was one of the highest UDFAs throughout the entire league. And that tells you a lot about how they feel about him. But the Cowboys have well, Let's Go. They have Matt Farniak, who hasn't been having a great camp, but still he's been on the roster before. So I wonder if Bostic can be a surprise player that no one is talking about, but just based on the money, it could make sense. Also, TJ Bass could be in that conversation. I see him pop up in the comments. But if I had to vote for just one of them, I would say follow the money. Earl Bostic could be it. We'll see. Asim Richards was drafted in the fifth round, so he's also taking up a spot. I ultimately think that they don't make it, but uh, I mean, Bostic doesn't make it, but he's a dark horse to watch, especially if he has a good preseason out there. He played for Kansas, heck of an athlete, just one of those developmental projects that could take some time. That will be it for me tonight here on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Tomorrow night, we are doing players to watch in the preseason opener against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars, by the way, are supposedly playing starters on Saturday, at least for a series or two. The Cowboys, based on what they've done on the Mike McCarthy era, are not going to be doing that, so don't get too excited. But there are a lot of players that we're going to be keeping our eyes on. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow before we close out the week. Hit the like button for me. Share the show. For more Cowboys content, make sure you subscribe to the channel and also go to the website adcsports.com slash Dallas. I have an article there breaking down the depth chart that the Cowboys released. Unofficial, of course, but I've got a breakdown in there. I've got one on Deuce Vaughn, how he forces the Cowboys coaches to smile and much more. Thank you so much. Nos vemos el jueves. Bye-bye.